You are listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Donald Penn, who officially retired from the Raiders today, signing a one-day contract, and this is great news because he loved being a Raider. Donald, JT, congratulations on the events of today. How are you? Thank you, JT. How you been, man? Couldn't be better. I'm real happy for you. When Will Kiss told me, and I knew you were doing this today, that you would be able to come on and talk about your decision, how important this is as a legacy play for you, for you and your family. Oh, it, it is big uh, because, you know, the biggest thing is, like I told everybody, I love Tampa. I will never take them for granted. I love them. But growing up a Raider fan and being a Raider fan as a kid and then being able to play – uh, for the team you grew up for, I mean, it's like a dream come true. I, I really enjoyed every second I played with the Raiders because I was at home in California playing for the team I um, grew up playing. And then another thing, too, uh, John Gruden brought me into the league, kind of gave me my first start, and John Gruden's here now. Um, so I just kind of felt like all that worked out, and I just love the Raiders. And, you know, after talking to Mr. Davis and everything, he, he uh, it was it was just only right. Yeah, you made the Pearl Bowl twice as you were here with the Raiders, and you had a lot of success individually. Your peers around the league and coaches knew that, and you really strived to play at a high level. It was very important to you. Whenever I talked to you, we traveled together on planes. You were a gamer. You wanted to be there for your teammates on game day and give it your all. I mean, yeah. I mean, I started 170 straight games. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how many injuries I played through. Um, how many, many, uh, you know, emotions, stress I played through. Uh, a lot of injuries I played through. A lot of people wouldn't have played, would have played those games. They would have set out. And I tried to always pride in being there and sticking up for my teammates. I, as you know, I, we, we never took anything. I didn't take no stuff. Anybody messing with my teammates, they messed with me. That's mm-hmm. how I tried to live. And I just want the fans to know, like, I, I really went out there and I gave it my all all the time. I really played with passion. I played with heart. And I always played with a chip on my shoulder. And I really feel like that's why I have such longevity. Donald Penn is our guest. And you also understood the importance of this organization with Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Jim Otto, who you met at events. You understood that there was a Mount Rushmore of Hall of Fame offensive linemen on this team before you got here and when you played here. That had to play a big role. Oh, yeah, it did. I mean, you know, I, I used to grow up, grew up watching Lincoln Kennedy, grew up watching those guys. Um, mm-hmm. And to come in there and feel it and, you know, I – I feel like we probably will go down in history as one of the best offensive lines to ever play for the Raiders when we had that thing rolling, um, when we made the playoffs. And like I told uh, Vic when he asked me earlier today, he was asking one of, one of my biggest uh, accomplishments as a Raider. I don't know if you guys all remember my first press conference when I signed. I said I was going to make sure I bring the Raiders back to greatness. And my biggest accomplishment is when we clinched that playoff um, in San Diego. Because I really felt like I did what I come to do, and that's one thing I pride myself on, always doing what I'm saying I'm going to do. And I feel like, you know, we we, we did that, and I, I accomplished something that I wanted to accomplish here. And I feel like the future is very bright for the Raiders. I really can't wait to sit back and watch. Donald Penn joins us. He signed a contract to officially retire a little while ago with the Silver and Black. You can find the video, the podcast coming up. This interview it will all be at... Raiders.com. A, a couple of current issues with this team, with losing Trent Brown, and again, you didn't play with Trent Brown as a teammate, but a lot of Raider fans were upset because he didn't have the passion like Lincoln Kennedy and the passion that you had and the emotion that you wore on your sleeve. And it's tough when you pay someone a lot of money and it doesn't play out. 
and what they're trying to do now with rebuilding this offensive line on the fly. Gabe Jackson, whatever happens with him, Richie Incognito was hurt last year. What do you think the Raiders have to do to tighten up this old line in the offseason? Uh, they got um, they got to get the um, if Gabe's gone, they got that's a big huge replacement. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they still got Rod. Rod's Rod's a floor general. He's gonna make everything. Um, um, go better. I was just talking to um, Gruden a while ago, man. Colton Miller's been making so many strides. I mean, watching him, I, I love watching him. He's getting better and better every game, getting better and better every year. I can't wait to see, you know, the sky's the limit for him. But they do need to uh, fill that guard hole. I thought Richie played very well last year before he got hurt. Um, they need to get him back healthy. I think that time off is really going to help. And um, they're gonna have to fill that um, that right guard, um, that right guard right thing tackle. Um, fast. Right, right, right guard. If Gabe's going, I'm talking about right guard, and then right tackle. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to fill that too. Uh, I told Coach Gruden if he um, let me know before the month's over if he needs me to start back working out uh, for that right tackle spot. So he said he's gonna let me know. So I told him just let me know by the end of the month so I can start going five days a week because I only work out three days a week now. So. I love that. Add those two extra days. Uh, Donald Penn joins us. Uh, Donald, another big issue, your relationship with Derek Carr, the game he got injured, the great play that you played that whole year. You were emotional. Derek was emotional after that. It seemed like you and Derek really were on the same page when you were out there together. You took a lot of pride in protecting him and making sure that you did your best to protect his blind side. Your friendship with Derek Carr and what you think his upside is going forward. Uh, I think Derek's Sky's the limit. I really feel like I, I was telling somebody that last year. I really feel like him and Gruden, they're really clicking right now. I feel like they're both bouncing ideas off of each other. They're both agreeing. They're both helping each other out. They're, um, I just really feel like it's really flowing. Uh, they need to get um, see what free agency is going to happen. I, I'm really excited to see what that's going to do. Bringing a couple of couple more guys to uh, help DC out. Waller's playing great, but I I really feel like DC sky's the limit. I just can't wait for them to make the playoffs and. I'm glad they're sticking with D.C. because uh, I really do feel like he's a guy. And that's, that, D.C. is a good friend of mine. And, you know, people say a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, but D.C. is my guy. I always protect him. He's my little brother. And, uh, yep. you know, I love D.C. You did. You did. You and him have a great relationship. Wrapping it up with Donald Penn, you've done a lot of broadcasting. I've been, interviewed you a number of times. You spent a lot of time on the Fox lot and uh, NFL Network, all of this. You really have had a lot of reps already. For a guy who just retired today, what do you want to do in media going forward? I would love to do media, man. If you need a partner, let me know. Let <laughs> me know. You know what I mean. Uh, but I would love to. I would love to do media because I really feel like um, I know the football game very well, and I feel like I could really relay it to people in a more understandable way for them to um, understand the game. And I would love to do that. Um, COVID's really messed stuff up right now with me being able to go to the network and get some behind the scenes uh, help and stuff. But that's some. I definitely want to get in. I, I really feel like I can really focus on the offensive line play and the defensive line play and give uh, the fans a lot of insight. Hey, finally, your final message, because you're going to be around a lot. You'll talk to Raider Nation. We know that. But on this important day in your life, your legacy with your family, what's your message to the Raider Nation? Raider Nation, uh, thank you for um, everything. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for the good times, the bad times. They made me stronger. The bad times made me stronger. The good times, I appreciate it. Um, I love you guys. Please, please, please stick with Gruden. Stick with DC. They're going to do stuff right. I know you guys are the best fans ever. You're going to tell us when we're wrong. You're going to tell us when we're right. But just stick with these guys. I'm looking forward to see what you guys have going forward. I can't wait till COVID uh, clears up so I come out here and party in the stands with you guys. But but stick with these guys. Uh, They really have some good brewing. Nicely said. Congratulations, Donald. I look forward to spending a lot more time with you in the coming months. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You got it. Donald Penn. Uh, Nice that we could talk to him. Really important what that meant to him. 
to go in there today and for them to have that ability to sign him. Now, a lot of people are waiting for signings of players that are in free agency, but that's an important moment in his life. And he talked about the good times and the bad times. And, you know, there were a lot of emotional moments with Donald. Donald, when, when Donald wasn't able to play, it killed him. I know that. I've talked with him at airports. I've talked to him at the facility over the years. When he wasn't able to go for injury, he was not right. That was a guy who was deeply concerned when he couldn't play. Yeah, very much like Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, Lincoln, you know, Lincoln is, is at a level that a lot of guys weren't at, but Lincoln always talked to me about pride and the ability to play on and off the air. And Donald Penn was like that. It, whenever he suited up for the Raiders and went out on that field, he played his ass off. And when he couldn't play, he was upset that he couldn't get on the field. And I watched that up close, and it, it's real. And, again, that was my number one concern about Trent Brown. Trent Brown didn't have any Donald Penn in him when it came to his heart to want to play for this organization or this fan base. And Donald Penn, you know, I remember I was, the, you know, I saw the video. I was there that day when he got into it outside the parking lot when he got out of his car and he was jawing with some fans who were jawing at him. He loved this team and still does. Very emotional guy. A, a guy who cares a lot about this, cares about Gruden. And he went out of his way. I didn't ask him it. He said it twice about stick with Gruden. And stick with Carr. That's a guy who played in the in this league and a guy who played at a high level. And he's telling you, stick with these guys along the way. Touchdown, Las Vegas. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians. But we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Former Raider wide receiver Tim Moffitt played for the Silver and Black 85 through 86. Former third-round pick of the 1985 draft class. Tim, thanks for doing this. Hope you're well. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Really good. And you know this time of year, there's a lot of wide receivers out there trying to hook up with another team. Uh, the Raiders have a couple of young wide receivers, but take me back what it's like in this position when the league year starts and you're looking for the phone to ring and other teams are looking at all this wide receiver talent out there as you're trying to land a new gig. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very stressful. You know, you're you sitting there and you're hoping, uh, you know, you get that call and, and you're just sitting there in tents and tents. But once that call comes, you know, everything's is you, you relieved – you relieve all your pressure and, and your hopes, and you see your dreams coming coming true. Tell me about coming out of Mississippi, but even before that, how you played as a high school player. Uh, most of the gentlemen I interviewed played multiple sports in grammar school, elementary school, high school. What was your background as an athlete? Uh, I played uh, in my high school years. I played uh, uh, football. I did baseball, track, basketball. Uh, but my main two sports was uh, that I loved was football and baseball. Excellent. And baseball. It was, was it tough to put the glove and bat down when you had to make that decision because you made it, played at a high level in college and then made it to the NFL? Did you miss baseball? Uh, I, I did, but I knew I, I had a better chance of going uh, going further in football than I did in baseball. Tim Moffat is our guest, former wide receiver. So tell me about the draft process coming in. I always ask about an Al Davis story, your speed, your hands coming out of college and why you were a fit for the Raiders in the third round. Yeah, uh, 
Mr. Davis, he was he was big on on receivers with speed, and that's what he he looked for receivers. His thing was if you have the speed, we can teach you how to catch. And he believed in in speed for uh, for the receivers, and and I think that's what got him to uh, look at me. And and coming out in the third round was uh, very excited for me because uh, a lot of people said that I wasn't going to you know go in in a high round, so I. Didn't have to set around too long, but uh, uh, getting picked third by the Raiders uh, was very excited to me, and and playing with the Silver and Blacks and and calling them my family. Tim Moffat is our guest, former Raider wide receiver. So uh, coming into an organization that had Fred Bolitnikoff was around as a coach and the great Cliff Branch, who's best friends and was best friends with Mark Davis. Nice to have some mentors around and some former great wide receivers, I would assume. Oh, yes. It, it was very much. Cliff, Cliff took us all the receivers under his wing. We called him our grandpa. So uh, <laughs> he, was a, he was a good leader and, and a good person to be around and watch run his routes and just, you know, learn from the best. What was L.A. like back in the day when you think about the L.A. Raiders compared to the Oakland Raiders and where you came from Mississippi? That must have been an exciting time in your life as a young professional. Yes, it was. Coming from a, a small town in Mississippi, coming to L.A., it was a big change for me, but uh, I was excited, you know, and, and being around all the uh, Raiders players that I saw play on TV and just being there at the El Segundo facility and uh, it, it was an experience of a lifetime, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for a thing. Tim Moffitt's our guest. What's it like walking out of the tunnel at the Coliseum and seeing the cauldron on the other side and the size of the crowd for those big games at night there? It must have been an incredible view from your vantage point. Oh, yes, it was. Walking out of that tunnel is, is one amazing thing that uh, I, I used to watch the players come out there, and then I'm walking out there myself going onto that field looking up in the stands at all the fans and stuff it it just it's a breathtaking uh experience and i was blessed to 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 get that tim what teammate had the biggest impact on your life still to this day uh i can i can have i have three uh cliff cliff made a big impact on my on my uh, on my life and uh jerry robinson i still keep in yeah. touch with jerry robinson i still keep in touch with doki and also reggie mckenzie when me and uh, we first came with the to the Raiders, me and Reggie was was roommates for the first year. I want to wrap it up with Cliff. Cliff had a big impact on my life too, and he he treated me like a friend. And getting to know him and seeing him on the road, and just the impact that Cliff Branch had. And you know, as Coach Flores just got elected into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Tim, that we still have to wait for Cliff to get in, and Cliff's no longer with us. It was such a travesty but i'm sure you're one of those guys champion the cause to get cliff into the pro football hall of fame oh yes definitely cliff does need to be there and uh and i know the Raider alumni and the oakland raider facility uh, uh department going to push what they can to try to get cliff into that hall of fame and and you know cliff was a, a, a down-to-earth person you know he mm-hmm. he taught me he always taught me he said always make yourself a sandwich uh, before the game, and then it's after the game, you get on the bus going back to the plane, you have something to eat. <laughs> yeah, I would, Cliff, a, a quick funny story. Cliff 
would uh, sit with the owner, and wherever he was at the end, Cliff would always take the beautiful spread. If there was a little left over, Cliff would like to have a little bit for later on that night. That's a value guy. That's what we loved about Cliff. Cliff was yeah. a smart. He was smarter than everybody in the room, wasn't he? He was. He was. He yeah. he, he knew the rows, how to how to yeah. get around and what to do. Tim, what are you doing with your life today? What's going on? I'm working. I'm I'm working for the Temecula Valley Unified School District as a. Uh, Network system specialist. I'm working from home right now with the uh, with the COVID going on, but still working. I've been there uh, going on 23 years. Awesome. And once a Raider, always a Raider. How'd you feel when you got that brick from Mark Davis with your name on it? You have one outside the stadium too here in Vegas. You know what? Getting that brick, I got the letter first, and I I I, I showed that to. Every, I even sent that to my college. Sent the picture to my college coach because me and him's very good friends. He like a pop to me and. I call him all the time, and I sent him that, and I, I told him, I said, this Raider organization is nothing but first class. Thank you, Timmy. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming on Raider Nation Radio. Hope to see you in Vegas soon. All right. Thank you very much. Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, great former Raider running back, kind enough to join us again. Pastor Kaufman, I need a prayer. I need your vision. I need to <laughs> you to send me a prayer to calm the Raider Nation down during free agency. Can you begin with a blessing for your friend JT? Oh, my goodness. It's crazy what's going on, huh? <laughs> It'll be all good. You know how this goes. You know what the offseason is like. You've been down this road before. Overall, big picture, just in general, for you and as a foot former player, What's it like at the end of the season when you know the organization has got to make free agent tra- uh, changes before the draft and some of your teammates might be gone? You know, it's always tough. You know, I think that was one of the toughest parts for me, JT, just just, um, just because you just, you just develop these relationships. And uh, these are normal people. You know, you know, they got families, they got wives, they got children. And then with everything that is uh, swirls around with social media. Now, back when I played, we didn't have, you know, all the, the, the social media outlets and everything. But, you know, guys would read the newspaper and hear about these things. So it makes it extremely tough. And uh, that human side obviously kicks in because you're thinking about this. And then from a coaching standpoint, is my coach coming back? What's the scheme going to be like? Is Al, is Al Davis going to fire the coach? You know, so all that stuff kind of comes into your mind in December, January, February, you know? Yeah, and you mentioned social media, so you didn't have to deal with that. Very interesting no. from TV, radio, and print media, the paper. So you can really go back in time before social media, which was a brilliant time, but knowing that you had to count on others to find out what the rumors were back then. Yeah, that and that made it kind of tough, you know, because you sometimes you would hear your name swirling or you hear somebody else's name swirling. And so it uh, it was a little bit different. But now with social media, I think to me personally, I think it, it creates even more anxiety because information is being pushed out. Not all the information is true. And then you know, as a player, you're you're thinking about your future too. Are they going to cut me to, for for cap reasons? Or are they going to keep me? You know, all that stuff goes through your mind, and then information is being pumped out. And unfortunately, not all this stuff is uh, is true. Napoleon Kaufman is our guest. So take me back in the day, Washington MVP, the unbelievable run you had in college as a Husky, then you come to the Raiders. What was your early expectations as the Pac-10 Offensive Player of the Year in 94 coming to the Raiders in the first round, the 18th pick? It, it sounds similar to Josh Jacobs 
coming where he was picked in the first round, selected out of Alabama. What were the pressures and expectations like for you? Well, for me, you know, it was uh, it was just I, I was just sharing with my buddy uh, Andre Ward. We were just talking, and I, and I was just sharing with him how in my mind. I can remember sitting in my room during training camp and I was actually rooming with Tim Brown and Timmy having to kind of talk to me because there was an adjustment that I had to make with my game from the college to the pros because everybody's fast. Guys know how to take excellent angles. They're physical. Some of the things that I could do in college, I just could not do at the next level and I had to make adjustments so that I could, you know, obviously be effective on that level. So just talking to Timmy, I, I just remember that, like, hey, I can't just outrun everybody. So I had to incorporate a little bit more of my elusiveness, got, get stronger, because I was going to have to block Junior Seau and, and you know, LeVon Kirkman, some of these guys that were huge. So there was just adjustments. And if kids are smart, they'll make those adjustments during training camp, uh, in the offseason, really scrutinize their game because you can't just do what you did in college. Napoleon Kaufman is our guest. I did not know about you rooming with Timmy, and Timmy has such yeah. a strong faith. You have such a strong faith yeah. as a pastor. Was was that yeah. – wh what was that connection like? Why was he a roommate, and what came out of that training camp with you and him up at night talking football? Well, it was great. You know, for me and him, um, you know, at that time, it was it – was, very interesting because I was just so consumed with trying to get, like I said, get my game right. And there were games like I mean, individuals like Tim Brown um, and and others that I just kind of I kind of watched how they carried themselves as pros, how they were able to balance things out in terms of um, their home life and then also what they were doing in terms of their professional life. And so those guys were invaluable. I, I don't know why exactly, but they, uh, they put me with Timmy, and he was my roommate. They put me under his tutelage, and he, he was a great model for me. Across Pastor, yeah, I can imagine. I didn't know that. That is a great story. Now, I want to get through and talk about your greatest game. October 19th, 97, week eight. You rush for 227 yards. That breaks Bo Jackson's record on that famous Monday night game. That Bronco team eventually won the Super Bowl. What worked that night? Tell me about your old line, what you were seeing, and a couple of those big rushes that added up to 227. You know, one of the things that I just loved about Joe Bugle is that he loved to run the ball. You know what I mean? And then we know he was a you know offensive line coach. He wanted to be physical. He wanted to get after teams. And there was just something that we saw from a scheme standpoint that uh, put us uh, in a great position to take advantage of the scheme that day. And I, and I just – it was just clicking. And, and the offensive line was just working. And then early on, we were able to pop a couple long runs. And then I think they just gave us a lot of confidence. So we were able just to get after those guys. And then – the way in which our defense played that game was tremendous because they really got after John Elway and uh, kind of slowed things down. So, so we got it. So it was it was just an all around great game. Um, it, it still came down to the down to the end. Timmy had to catch that pass to get us the, the a first down so we can run out the clock. But uh, the run game, I mean, it was just it was just once we hit a couple early. 
I knew, I said, man, we might be able to go over 200 yards this game. And I got excited, JT. <laughs> I, I can tell. I, I know. I, I saw you. You were so kind to me when I came to the team. And whenever, whenever I saw you on the sidelines in Oakland, and I, I just can't believe we lost the season of seeing you on the sidelines in Las Vegas. One more on football before we go to what you're doing. I, I want to ask you about the early Gruden years for you, what you saw coming in on the tra- coaching transition, his early years, and now he's back being the head coach. And once again, he's in an offseason trying to rebuild this roster, which is a challenge for any coach in the league, especially in a brand-new market like Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, I think that it's, it's really interesting to see how things have, have transpired. I think that uh, obviously we got some, some nice young players, but the problem is, to me, it just seems like when it comes to the to the the free agents that we're getting, we're not getting that. Um, we haven't been consistent in getting guys that really can help us from a free agency standpoint that are more mature. So now we're trying to wait through these younger guys to kind of get their feet wet. And you know, every year, other teams aren't waiting for you to get ready. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So what happens is. So what happens is these guys are going to be really great players. They're going through this process of growth, but uh, but we need some more veteran guys. It looks like to really to really um, to really give us some stability. But and it seems like John is trying to do that. But when you just look at what's happened, is he just hasn't hit a lot on some great free agents that are more mature. Napoleon Kaufman joins us, pastor of the Well Christian Community at Well Family, and you can follow him on Twitter at Napoleon Kaufman. Nat, finally, I want to talk to you about faith because a lot of people now okay. aren't able to go to their house of worship. We have a beautiful church where I live here in Summerlin where my son goes to high school. It's it's tremendous, mm-hmm. and we're a family that goes to church, and it's been stunted here during COVID, and it's had an effect on my life. It's part of a routine that I'd like to get back to more and more. What are you telling to individuals who haven't been able to connect with their church, their house of worship, their synagogue. They haven't been able to do what they need to do, and maybe they're not losing their faith, but they're not consistently following it as closely as they were. Well, I think that, you know, obviously during this time, um, you know, obviously our connection is to one another, but most importantly our connection is to the Lord. And so what I'm trying to do here at my church is, is help us to really understand that during this time where we cannot congregate and gather like we normally would, make sure you just continue to deepen your relationship with God with, through prayer, through studying the Word, through, through spending intimate time, through getting yourself alone with God and just really allowing yourself to develop that intimacy. And then um, take advantage of the social uh, media outlets that are available, YouTube, Twitter. If your church is on those and is streaming their services, um, tune in. And when you tune in, tune in, try to tune in without distraction. So you can continue to be fed, stay connected to your church, and then uh, continue to grow as, as God wants you to grow. So I just think that those are the two big things for me that I look at. Because our church, we have 50 ministries in our church. We're ministering all over the world. But we're able to still access people through YouTube, through Facebook, through Instagram. We're still able to connect with people on that way. And uh, uh, and for us as a church, it's been good because people are tuning in. And so it's it just really encouraging. 
and they're staying connected that way. So those are the two things that I always say, JT, so people can continue to grow. Well, I'm proud to call you a friend. What a career you had with the Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Where'd you do with what'd you do with your legacy brick when Mark Davis sent you the brick? Where'd you put it? Man, I got it in my office. I was so blessed, man. I, I was I got it in my office. I was grateful. And uh, you know, I hey, I'm Raider Nation all the way ever since I I, grew, I came out of the womb a Raider, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, thanks for doing this. I was serious about saying a prayer for my show and my Twitter feed. Keep an eye on me, okay? Yeah. Make sure make sure I you will. guide me the right way and get me through this offseason. Man, you know you're my guy, man. You know you're my guy. Take care, buddy. Good talking to you. All the best. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network.